seeing people uh, just enjoy the oyster that you've opened, especially seeing people do it for the first time. I, I've given a lot of people their first oyster and, and that's always a, a kind of a, a pleasurable experience. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. A few thousand soused revellers are gathered under a massive tent that faces the water as the sun sets across the beautiful Wagonga Inlet. Outside, stalls hawk the local rock oysters from a range of estuaries up and down the south coast. We are in Naruma at the annual Oyster Festival, a regional celebration centred around the indigenous rock oyster and held every May. Naruma and the festival is ground zero for the most zealous of oyster lovers who carry tray after tray of the freshly shucked mollusks to the cocktail tables surrounding the tent. They eat, they drink, and they wait for a rousing competition to unfold among the country's best oyster shuckers. Back inside the tent, there is an event which is held annually and creates more competition than the Melbourne Cup is more hotly contested than any local elections, and for the winner, 12 months of unbridled respect from all in the seafood industry. The Naruma Oyster Festival Shucking Competition is a place where legends are made. This year, festival organisers have sprung a ring-in on the event, but not just any old ring-in. They have brought in world champion oyster shucker, Irishman Stephen Nolan. I'm Stephen Nolan from the west of Ireland, the west coast of Ireland, Galway. I am an oyster shucker um, and I hold a few different titles at the moment. I'm the world champion oyster shucker. Okay, so Clarenbridge is my local village and it has the tagline of the home of the oyster. Uh, so for centuries and through the famine and, uh, and onwards, uh, the oyster has been a very important food in that village um, and an important uh, source of income for the locals as well. Uh, over the years, um, yeah, we've developed an industry there and, and become exporters of, of oysters, of Irish oysters. And my own father and, and my brother are fishermen, full-time fishermen out of that bay still. Um, so I was brought up around oysters and introduced to oysters from an early age and then over time I, I developed a knack for for opening them or shucking them uh, which uh, yeah as, as I worked in a seafood restaurant a local seafood restaurant Moran's Oyster Bar um, I learned there from my uncle uh, Vincent Graham who was a former world champion The Irish like New South Welshmen are rightly proud of their indigenous oysters. Until the recent invasion of the Pacific oyster species, the indigenous Irish edulis is as unique as the rock oyster of New South Wales. Yeah, so predominantly they'd be uh, eaten in, in an oyster bar or a restaurant, seafood restaurant, and they'd be opened uh, uh, as ordered. Um, but you can, you can buy oysters in in a seafood shop as well, but you'd never see them sold opened already pre-opened. So then shucking becomes more of a desirable technique for and, and a skill that, that people need to have if they're going to buy oysters at all. 
um, it's possibly a hindrance to people eating oysters because it can be difficult to, to learn. But once once people figure it out, it's it's straightforward enough. It, um, yeah, so I haven't come across pre-opened oysters outside of outside of Australia. I've not really seen that as a thing that's done. Um, and of course, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But if it's the only way people are going to eat oysters, then then that has to be to it, I suppose. Unfortunately, very few Irishmen are dapans that open in oysters, and so we don't have a massive uh, consumption of oysters in Ireland at all. Um, I'd say more than 90% of our oysters are exported uh, to France or to China or um, Malaysia into the east anyway. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've tried to develop a, um, a bit of a culture in, 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 in Ireland with, um, so I tried to set up a, an oyster uh, cart, an oyster truck. Uh, uh, one of the growers in Donegal, Edward Gallagher, supplied an oyster cart for me. And I went out two weekends and I maybe sold half a dozen oysters uh, over the two weekends. So <laughs> it wasn't too profitable. Um, so I, I gave that up, and I think that's the problem with a, a lot of our uh, a lot of our shuckers have to come to a point when they they need to make money, and so they move on from shucking, and so it's not a skill that's um, that's kept or, or honed. Um, but I, I guess that's the same across the world. Uh, most of the shuckers I know are maybe in their thirties or forties, and they're not full time shuckers. They're they're people who have restaurants or other businesses, some oyster farmers maybe, and, and they do shucking as a, as a part-time thing. Being able to shuck or open an oyster is a social skill something akin to removing the cork from a bottle of champagne, a must for any mature gourmand over the age of 18. For others, it's a profession. For a rare and elite few, it is the competitive oyster shucking circuit that draws them in. Regardless of where the journey takes you, the first shark is a time often tinged with both joy and pain. <laughs> so it's never successful the first time. So there's a lot of butchered oysters in my in my past, unfortunately. But um, you have to you have to go through a few to to get the the hang of it, the technique. Um, so it would have been my uncle Vincent Graham that that showed me the technique initially. Um, you get you get an opportunity to open them and to shuck them, but it's it's done at a fast pace and it's quite demanding. So uh, yeah, you're shown how to do it. You have to glove up and and try it, and it's it's a lot of kind of exertion initially because you, the technique isn't there. So physical force is is being applied where it needn't be necessarily. Um, so uh, over time you develop the technique then and you get better but um, at the start there's always a lot of wrestling with the thing and trying to tap it off um, tap it off the wall or, or blow on it or, or do something to try and get it open Choosing a career in competitive oyster shucking seems to be a unique choice but one which is clearly paid handsomely for Stephen Nolan After working in the restaurant for a couple of years um, there was a local uh, Oyster Festival. Um, so, the, the Galway Oyster Festival is the oldest in the world, as far as I know. It's 65 years old, um, 
and so that originated in my local village, Clarenbridge, and then moved into Galway eventually. But Clarenbridge have reignited their own local festival, and so we had a little competition there. Just just local guys that over the years would have picked up the skill and and would have some dexterity and open oysters. Um, and so I entered that competition and I, I, I came sixth. I think I wasn't I wasn't too good at the time, but I spent two weeks then just practicing really intently and intensely practicing and trying to get better and get better. And so two weeks later, I entered the Irish competition. Um, it's probably 15 years ago at this stage. Um, and so one guy broke his knife and another guy dropped an oyster and couldn't find it. And so I managed to come fourth um, in that competition. <laughs> and then uh, because of that result, I, I got a wild card to the European oyster opening competition out in Sweden. Um, and so that was three months later and I, I practiced some more and, and tried to get better at the technique not so much on the speed but just on the technique and and opening cleanly and without damaging the oyster and and uh, doing it correctly and so in this european competition then which which had the top two or three from from 10 countries around europe let's say um i came sixth um at my first attempt again so um, so I, I, I got the bug then and I started to get this obsession for, for trying to do this as, as well and as fast as possible. Um, and I don't know if you've competed in a nice roll, shucking competition, but the, the adrenaline rush you get from it is thing like a other sport over the years but because it's such a short time frame you're working at speed with a knife uh, and trying to be do something really technical um it's just such a rush uh, an adrenaline rush and so you develop this obsession for it and, and you want to get better and perfect it and and challenge yourself and see how good you can you can possibly be so over time then uh, I stay competing in the Irish. Well, unfortunately for me, the Irish competition was probably one of the hardest national competitions in the world, if not the hardest, because there was a couple of guys in it, uh, Michal Kelly and Michael Moran, who who were just phenomenal oyster shuckers. And so I was finishing second or third uh, in the Irish, um, but also second or third in, in the Europeans uh, for a couple of years. And then... So for nine years, myself and Michael Moran went back and over. Between us, we won the Europeans every year. So he did, he won five, I won four. Um, to the point where the Europeans had to develop a new competition called the Nordics, which just excluded the Irish. <laughs> um, so yeah, over the years then, uh, it, it became an obsession uh, for me as, uh, um, as it does for anyone who gets really good at, at the sport. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just practiced and, and entered as many competitions as I could. And over time, then won some Europeans and won a couple of World Cups and then eventually won the World Championship in 2019. And technically, because of COVID, I'm, I, I've been the world champion for three years. Um, but that's only because we haven't been able to run it again since. The world of professional competitive oyster shucking is an exclusive club. Along with hurling and Gaelic football, it seems to be dominated by men in green. 
the Irish National Oyster Shucking Champions seem to covet both the European and world shucking trophies with monotonous regularity. 65 years ago when the Galway Oyster Festival started, they had a little uh, oyster shucking competition. Um, it would have been a few local lads that worked in the different oyster bars around. And over time that developed and they started to invite international guys over and, and started the World Championship. So it's in Galway every year. Um, the, the top one person from each country, from maybe 20 different countries, is invited over and they compete. Um, over the years, it's historically been the Irish have been quite good at it, Swedish, uh, Canadians and, and Americans. Um, we've had some Australians over it. I, I think even an Australian guy has won it at, at one point. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Wilde, yeah. Um, he, he would have been friends with, with Vincent Graham, my uncle, I, I think. And so yeah, some f phenomenal oyster shuckers over the years have come over and competed. Um, but it, what's unique about it, uh, and I guess makes it unfair to the international guys coming over in a way, is that it's the uh, the Austria Edulis, the uh, European flat oyster that's that's opened exclusively in that competition. Um, and so a lot of guys, it's their first time seeing that oyster. Like, like for me coming down here, it's my first time uh, seeing a rock oyster or, or getting to open one. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's unique in that sense that it's just the Australia that's opened. And so it's a new challenge, a new technical challenge for a lot of the guys. There's a guy, Eamon Clark, in, in my mind, he's the best shucker in the world easily enough. Um, he's a Canadian guy from, um, Rodney's, uh, in Canada and Toronto. Um, and he, he's, with with every other species of oyster, there's there's no one even close to him as far as I'm concerned. And then he comes over, and the edulis is just such a unique challenge for him. He, he's only ever finished second or third. It's um, in the world championship, and so yeah, it's, it's just a different technique and, and different skill, I, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's that's the world championship. For some, the preference is to enter from the front. For other, it's the rear. Whichever the port of entry, a good shuck always requires expert technique, which whilst often improved by a strong tool and endless practice, also requires natural aptitude and a fearless commitment to pleasure. It's a completely different technique. It's rear technically, but it's all done in the hand and it's done with a blade that resembles more a butter knife than a, an oyster knife. Um, so, it's the principle is the same you you get the knife in at the hinge and you lift it slightly and you you slice the knife through the the top shell to cut the adductor muscle and then you sever it from the bottom shell but it's all done in the hand and it's all done with the hinge facing away from you um so it's a completely different technique to to what you'd see uh in Australia or even in Canada or the States, it's kind of a European technique, um, which has proven effective. The Europeans, is especially the the Irish and the, the Swedish and, and even Antilepic, the Estonian uh, European champion at the moment, they, they use a, a double-bladed knife, which I'm not sure if you've come across that before. It's It's got a, the blade for, for opening um, with the same technique that I open with, but then they've got a spoon on the bottom of the knife that 
they use to sever the muscle. Um, so that's a very unique uh, approach to doing it. And then you've got your standard guys that, that are shook on the on the table. Um, Eamon Clark will be the the best at that as far as I can see. And, and a lot of the guys here, I'm guessing, will, will do that shook on the table and, and um, yeah, just come in from the hinge. And, and that's the kind of standard technique. And then there's others that do the hinge technique but do it in the hand so honor allen the american champion he, he um he does it all in his hand and it's 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 actually a beautiful thing to watch he he has such mastery of of quite a long blade he uses um and he gets it in the side of the hinge the near side and and just brings it up flicks flicks up the knife and then drags that along the top shell it, it's it's beautiful to watch it, i'll be honest um so yeah there's there's different techniques around the world there's no one right technique i think um it's it's whatever works to get the oyster open cleanly and without damaging the fish um yeah so I, i'm looking forward to showing my technique to some of the guys in the room and and trying to get better at, at the the australian technique as well i think the main trait um with with the guys that I know, there's maybe 15, 20 guys we see each other all around the world at different competitions, and they're all obsessed. Um, and so, if you if you have that bug, um, then I think beyond that, then it's, it's you have to be physically pretty fit. Um, although it's a short run, you just do 30 oysters. Um, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be physically strong, um, and then a keen eye for detail and for for grit and shell and as my own eyesight is fading i'm i'm starting to get penalized on on grit and shell and competitions but uh, that, that's the yeah so strength speed um focus technique is is important uh, and just a keen eye for detail and then you round that all up with just an obsession for for doing the thing right and and perfecting the technique and that's that gives you a good oyster shooker i think the sydney rock oyster is a beautiful mollusk it has characteristics unique to only 1500 kilometers of coastline and is much a reflection of the region as the region itself for oyster aficionados with global experience, it stands tall for appearance, flavour and texture. Yeah, I've had a few here in Sydney and they are phenomenal. My ignorance caused me to think that the rock oyster was, was just a, an Australian grown Pacific oyster, which forgive me for that. Um, but I've, I've realised now it's, it's a very unique thing. I've, I've got the book and all that and I'm studying up on them and um, yeah they're they're an interesting one because they're they're quite small um, they're quite delicate the shell at least the ones I've come across so far the shell has been quite delicate and um, so you have to be gentle with them um, but I've started using the technique I used for the the European flat oyster uh, coming in holding it in my hand and coming in from the back uh, like the the, with the hinge facing away from me and th that technique is is working well actually um so yeah they're, they're interesting to for opening um you just got to be careful not to to get shell or grit in them i guess because because they are a bit flaky but you guys flip the oysters here it seems um which uh yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't do that in most of the competitions in in the northern hemisphere anyway 
It seems that competitive oyster shucking is becoming so popular that the International Olympic Committee are considering inclusion in the Brisbane 2032 Games. For some, this is long overdue recognition of its important role in bridging the gap between sport and culture. There is a question as to whether the Irish or indeed Swedish should be allowed. So the World Cup is a more recent development than the World Championship. Um, and I think the two can, can exist, uh, coexist. Um, but the World Cup, what's unique about it is uh, started by Hasse Johansson, a Swedish guy. Um, and it's traveled around to different countries and it uses the local oyster uh, wherever it travels. It could actually be a, an idea to bring it to Australia and, and use, use rock oysters as the, as the oyster of choice. Um, and so I think that's, that's the one where, okay, the world championship will always use the, the native European flats, but, um, I think the World Cup traveling around and, and using local oysters as the, as the oyster for the competition, I think that that could be an important development. The beauty of success, whether it's finding the girl of your dreams, the right job or financial success, is that it doesn't matter how many times you've failed, you only have to be right once. Then everyone can tell you how lucky you are. Ideally, with oyster shucking, the result is a delicious treat. My favorite thing about having developed and become a good shucker is that I've gotten to travel the world with it. Um, gotten to meet really unique uh, groups of people and uh, people who love their trade and, and their craft and what they do. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's been my favorite thing about what I've done. And the other thing, of course, is seeing people uh, just enjoy the oyster that you've opened, especially seeing people do it for the first time. Um, I, I've given a lot of people their first oyster and, and that's always a kind of a, a pleasurable experience sometimes they've struggled to get it down um but yeah it, that's been that's been great it's just seeing people try something new for the first time and and really be surprised about how good it is you know it's again it's the extension of the the grower has has obsessed over these things hopefully the shucker has taken time to do them do them right and open them right and then you should take your time to enjoy the oyster as well and and uh, chew it and get the different flavors and, and get the texture in there. And, and yeah, so I, I think they're delicious. Uh, generally, oysters are. Um, and when you get a really good oyster, I don't think there's anything like it in, in, in food. It's just, yeah, perfection. So you get saltiness and sweetness and a kind of metallic finish. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. The inclusion of reigning world champion oyster shucker Stephen Nolan at this year's Naruma Oyster Festival is a turning point, not only for the festival and rock oysters, but promises to put an international spotlight on what is one of Australia's most highly regarded, competitive and fiercely contested sporting events, the Naruma Oyster Festival Shucking Competition. Expect to see KO Sports and Tom Waterhouse covering this coveted event soon. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.